The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Get away, Kat. Let's finish. For hey. We were recommended to use Finnish. Yeah, the one language you haven't done yet. Uh, one of many, I am sure there are lots of languages, but that one I had not I had not thought, you know what we should do? We should talk in Finnish. Which is funny because I am actually 1% Finnish. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically nothing. Well, the reason is my mother is 98% Irish and like 2% Finnish, which is most definitely from the Viking invasions of the 1100s. So like, you know, that just means my ancestors were pretty enough for the Vikings to go, I want that one. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is the start of season six. I have a baby now. I have taken... God, we've taken, what, like six weeks off from recording? It is currently July 3rd, and I think the last time we recorded was sometime near the end of May, uh, so it's going to be rough. It's been yeah. a while since I've done voices. Yeah, but we're good, we're alive, we're healthy, it's fine! Sleep <laughs> we're deprived. Good. Uh, we're good. We're good. Also, I am... Watching my child sleep upstairs and hoping that he stays asleep for this entire recording. So I am not going to tally about, Terry, Terry about, there's the word. Uh, again, sleep deprived, hello. Uh, he went two hours between feeds last night, which meant I got an hour of sleep and then an hour of not sleep and an hour of sleep and an hour of not sleep. Having a newborn is great. Uh, but again, very blessed, very excited to finally have a child after wanting one for so, so long. But... Let's record, Cat. What happened was... You all know what had happened was. This is the chapter that you all have been waiting for me to hear since we started this dang thing. You know what happened. <laughs> we do. But for those of you who don't, uh, the you know what happened in the you know where, and it was very exciting. And... Uh, I seem to remember Kat thinking that the AO3 version couldn't possibly be terribly different from the fanfiction.net version. And at some point during the middle of the recording, she goes, I take it all back. It's way different. Um, To quote Blaze, mild grammatical changes and minor syntax changes and vastly different approaches to anal. So, Actually, I think he used a different phrase than anal. But um, again, this is why I'm so glad my mother doesn't listen to this show, which I did confirm when she came to visit and help me with my newborn. Uh, we hopped in the car and uh, episode 5.13 started playing. and I immediately hit pause and she was like, oh, is that your show? I was like, it was. Let's listen to John Denver. So anyway, that was fun. <sighs> but yes, 
Uh, Remus was hurt. They sealed the pack bond in a very exciting way out in the orchard. And Remus finally did a... And a... And the result was that the pack bond happened. Remus is now okay. Everybody has matching bite marks on their shoulders. Um, and yeah, life is good. So, without further ado, let's hop into chapter 86. Also, if you hear any noises in the background, again, I have my child on a video monitor. And if there's an awkward pause, it's probably because my child started screaming and we had to pause recording. So, this is new territory. Please be understanding of us as we navigate our new normal. It also makes me really happy when Kat wears her snitch don't kill my vibe shirt. Yes, because our lovely listener sent it to me since it did not fit them, which makes me happy. <sighs> yes, I do love getting things from our listeners. It makes me very happy every single time. But again, without further ado, chapter 86, Perfect Match. November 10th, 1978. The physical exertion, lack of sleep, and overwhelming surge of magic had drained the trio. They slept soundly on the grass in the orchards behind Potter Manor, limbs tangled together in a mass of pale skin. Remus, I don't think the surge of magic was why they were tired, but okay. Ew. Surge of magic, my butt. Well, I mean, other things were surging, but uh, anyway. Hey, and I said my butt. Huh. <laughs> <sighs> we're children and it's fine. Remus's eyes opened slowly at the first flutter of morning light that broke through the trees. He stared down at the witch in front of him, curled with her hands pressed against his bare chest, pouty lips slightly parted as she took slow, shallow breaths in her deep slumber. Overwhelmed by his unconditional love for the girl, he smiled and placed a kiss on her forehead, letting the tips of his fingers roam over her cheeks, marveling at the magic that she had been able to summon. There was no denying the truth. She had saved him. She always saved him. Suddenly remembering that it was not just Maya who had come to his rescue, Remus looked over her shoulder and came face to face with Sirius, who was awake and looking at him, arms wrapped around Maya possessively as though he were suddenly afraid that Remus would take away his prize in the aftermath of the previous evening. Relax, Pad. If I was planning on stealing her away, I would have done it while you were sleeping. Sirius snorted as though he were silently saying, I'd like to see you try. I thought you'd admitted that sharing was nice. Remus teased. Sirius huffed indignantly. In my defense, I just had the best sex of my life. It's relaxing not to have to do all the work, he admitted with a slight chuckle. Remus smirked at his friend, glad to see that the awkwardness between them was minimal, if not missing entirely. Lazy arse. The aftermath, however, is a little... Sirius looked like he was struggling for the words as the chuckle all but disappeared from his voice. Jarring. Remus looked down at the witch in Sirius's protective embrace. He smiled fondly at her, and then at the couple in general, before he glanced back to his friend. I still can't believe that you were willing to seal the pack bond before your soul bond. Sirius raised a brow. We both had sex with Maya last night, at the same time, and what you can't believe is that she and I haven't sealed our soul bond. You're supposed to be with her. Remus said with a smile, once again grazing the curves of Maya's face with his fingers. Also, can we just take a moment to appreciate that they're both spooning the same girl while naked and having this conversation? Outside. I just want to picture that for a second. It's pictured. Anyway. I just, I feel like that adds an element of, like, discomfort. But that's just me. 
Sirius leant over, watching closely as though he were trying to see if Maya reacted in her sleep to Remus's touch. When she did not, he sighed in relief. Well, if we had sealed our soul bond, you'd probably still be lying in bed all sickly and gray and dying, wouldn't you? Remus shook his head. She still would have sealed the pack bond. He didn't return his gaze to Sirius, whom he knew was probably questioning the truth of the statement. Remus knew Maya. She was his best friend and would sacrifice anything for him. Even if she hadn't wanted to save Remus, she would have sealed the pack bond to secure the future. Last night wasn't about sex. Sirius chuckled. Sure felt like sex to me. Bonds are all about intention, Sirius. You know that. She came to me with the intention of sealing the bond, cementing the pack. If it had been about signing a document or sacrificing a chicken, she'd have done it. Remus's focus settled on the healing wound on Maya's shoulder. When he had ma imagined this moment, he had worried so often that he would see that mark and feel disgusted with himself. But now, looking at the wound, he felt possessive, powerful, and an all-consuming responsibility not just for her, but for everyone connected to the pack. Sirius, James, and Lily, not to mention the glimpses of the future that Maya had allowed him to be privy to, his own future mate, and Harry. It just so happens that sealing a pack bond involved sex. Wish sealing a soul bond was that easy. Remus shrugged his shoulders. Werewolves, mate? Yeah, bloody werewolves, Sirius chuckled. The two shared a knowing look, as though each were hesitant to say what they were thinking. Remus had been scared of never coming home. He was grateful to be alive, but he was concerned that the means used to save his life meant that he would sacrifice some part of his friendship with Sirius. Sirius, on the other hand, had been just as terrified of losing Remus, but had been forced to try and keep his shit together in order to be strong for Maya. When she came to him with her plan of sealing the pack bond, Sirius had not needed to think about doing what was necessary to save his friend. While he likely would not admit it under sober and non-sarcastic conditions, had she been too anxious or hesitant to complete the ritual herself, Sirius would have gone through with it on his own. That part always kind of got me. I was like, damn, that's friendship. It also brings into question which would take which position, but we won't go into that. I See, I always took it as Sirius is a little bi. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Hey, more power to him. He loved Remus like a brother and would do anything for him. Even if he did not have the motivation there, he knew that Maya's heart would break were she to lose Remus, and Sirius would have saved him for that reason alone. It was not jealousy that stirred in his chest at the thought, only a mild discomfort, something that told him maybe he should have been jealous. But then he knew that Maya needed Remus the same way Sirius needed James. He couldn't begrudge her that emotional dependency. Sirius would do whatever it took to keep Remus around forever, if only for her. The thought of losing his own best friend was, well, it was unbearable to think about. Despite the non-jealousy blooming in his chest, Sirius grinned when Maya rolled over in his arms, turning away from Remus and snuggled against him. He took a sharp breath, letting the moment wash over him as a warmth settled in his heart. She couldn't have known what her sleep-burden movements meant to him, that in the aftermath of such an intense night, she had unconsciously chosen him. So, why haven't you done it? Remus asked, breaking the long silence. Why haven't you sealed your bond? If it was just sex, I'd have no problem with it, Sirius admitted. But marriage? Marlin, I'm surprised I can put pants on every morning. Sometimes I don't even bother with that, just ask Lily and Prongs. Besides, there's still this... 
that non-jealousy took on a sharp edge trying to define itself. When it vibrated in irritation at not having a name, it shifted into something feeling a smidge closer to jealousy. I have this fear, illogical or whatever, that even after sealing it, she'll want... you. She doesn't love me, Remus said. Not like that. It's always been you. Are you mental? Sirius raised a skeptical brow. You were her first boyfriend. Because you walked away, Remus argued. She lost her virginity to you. Because you were busy sleeping with every Ravenclaw in the castle. Any time she and I... For whatever reasons, Sirius sighed, holding her tighter as though admitting these fears would let her slip away from him. She went back to you. It's always been you, Mooney. Until it wasn't. Remus said, with an understanding smile. In the end, she chose you. She really chose you, Pads. Not because it was fate or destiny, but because she loved you more. Well, it sure took her long enough, Sirius pouted. She was with me because I was safe, Remus said. She and I both knew that we weren't mates. I'm the person that she could trust with her life and her heart while she waited for you to get your shit together. While she waited for you, she wasn't lonely with me, and we both took advantage. Pads, we've been through this before. Why do I have to constantly repeat myself? Because I saw her last night, and I can't help but feel a little... inadequate. Sirius sighed shamefully at the admission. Don't get me wrong, I'm not jealous. I've never really been jealous, strangely enough. Not with her, not with you. I don't know what it is, but I would have stepped aside, you know. Let her be with you. Forever. Remus nodded. I know. Mooney, she'd do absolutely anything for you, and that's kind of what scares me. Yes, Remus agreed, but she would do everything for you. Sirius scoffed. And you know this because you know all her secrets. Don't be bitter. I'm getting up. I'm in desperate need of a bath. I bet my magic's strong enough again. I could wantlessly cast a warming charm over the river, he said with confidence, the color in his cheek signifying a, le a level of health that Remus had not experienced since before he had been attacked by the werewolf packs. When Sirius moved to get up, Remus shook his head. No, you stay with her. She needs to wake up next to you. She needs you to tell her that you were okay with what happened last night, that you don't think badly of her, that you're not going to run out on her. You need to take care of her now. She needs to know how you feel, Pads. I'm not good with feelings, Mooney, Sirius said, groaning as he pressed his forehead against the shoulder of the warm witch, as though he could hide from his problems. Deal with it. That's an order if you can't take the hint. All official now. Alpha approved and everything. Sirius cocked a brow when he felt a strange tingle in the scar on his own shoulder. He narrowed his eyes at his smirking friend. You're going to hold that whole alpha thing over my head forever now? Only if I have to, Remus grinned, and then sauntered off towards the river. And we're making good time. We're almost halfway through. We don't yeah, have any this ads, is, right? This is, uh, no. This is weirdly untangenty, which yeah. is unexpected. Well, I mean, there's not really much to tangent on yet. It's no, but Kat of... has a whole rant she's saving, which I would like to... I have three rants, but See? I was saving that for when we had no dirty things, because we needed content, but... Oh, you were going to have, like, 
patron only rant time with Kat? Yeah, I mean, like, I have all, the ones that I have, there's only like one Harry Potter one, but it comes with video evidence because I watched <laughs> the movies and I recorded the specific part because I think there's a conspiracy about Dobby dying. He didn't have to die, but that's just me. Anyways. I'm intrigued. And also using Zoom, we can do video sharing or screen sharing so we can actually show that, which would be fun. Wait, I do have an interesting thing that it's not a rant as much as just like an observation because I've been um, listening to the audiobooks like of the original series in the Mm -hmm. last few, in the last six weeks since we've recorded. And um, in the fourth book, so... When Sirius comes back to the school and hides in the cave in Hogsmeade in the mountain Mm -hmm. while, because crap is going on at the tournament with Harry Mm -hmm. and um, it's right after Karkaroff intervenes in Snape's potions class and Harry and Ron see him like wildly gesticulating to something on his arm. And Harry doesn't understand what's going on, and he tells Sirius about it, and Sirius doesn't know what's going on or what that means. And their marks weren't showing at all after Voldemort died. They faded, right? Mm -hmm. So it just made me realize how many fics I've read where Death Eaters are given different punishments, whether they're marked Death Eaters or not, and they're able to show the marks as part of Wizengamot Trials, but that's never shown in the Trials. Nobody knows that that's how Death Eaters are marked or shown. Noted. I just thought that was really curious and interesting. I was like, Sirius doesn't know that that's a dark mark. Because Harry and Ron explain what they saw, and Sirius is like, huh, that's weird. I don't know what that's about. Like, straight up doesn't act like is very confused. So I guess the question is, is he actually confused or is he trying to not tell Harry so that Harry doesn't get involved? Because we all know Harry's like a diva who likes getting involved, but no, because the, the, the context that the way that he says it is kind of like, I'll have to go do some investigation about that. And I'll let you know if I hear anything. So it was kind of like a very mutual, like we're going to discover this thing. Hmm. And I don't know what this is about. So, hmm. like, I know that in Dead of Time, like, Maya knows about Regulus being Mark or whatever. But later, the Order members know that, too. And in other fics I've read, after the fall of Voldemort, Death Eaters are... There's, like, different levels of, of Voldemort followers based on whether they're marked or not. But you wouldn't have been able to see that they're marked because the mark faded. I don't know. I just thought I was curious. Anyway. It is, but since I haven't read the books, I can't help you. And I have to reread the books. I Well, yeah, I haven't reread <laughs> books four and five in a long time. So there's been lots of little things in book four and five that I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> I didn't realize quite how much of the... Uh, like, how much was fanon and not actual canon that was in my head? Hmm. It's really curious. You know, fanon always gets me because it's like the 
Snape being Draco's godfather, like that. Yeah, that's complete canon. But like, yeah, it makes sense. Blows my mind every time, but especially because of how much Snape helps him. The fact that Narcissa goes to him to get the help and all that kind of shit. Like, I can totally understand why that doesn't make sense. Because like, he's a half blood. Yeah, he's a half blood. Why the fuck would Lucius allow? No. Snape of all people. I mean, if anyone, maybe like Regulus. But Regulus was dead. But Regulus um, was already dead by then. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, a black or a Goyle or a crab or a knot or an Avery. Or- okay, so Kat, if you've rewatched the movies and you have rants based on that, I really want to see if we can get you to listen to the audiobooks, like in the impending time frame, because I feel like you. <sighs> We'll have she, so many yes, thoughts. Because you, you listened, did you listen to all of book three or just the chapters we needed for the book rewind? Claire, how long have you known me? You know that sometimes I do the bare minimum. Are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> yes, I only listened to the chapter. <laughs> so I would highly recommend, and actually, you know, what we listen to. I think she should start from the book one. I think she should I, I start do from too, the beginning. But to try and knock all of that out before we start recording season seven what am i doing i have no job no one will hire me what am i doing nothing i have time book one's only like 15 hours yeah i know i'm more concerned about like book five but yeah um cat you should go listen to all of the audiobooks i'm not doing a thing yeah go listen to the audiobooks that's your homework now to finish before season seven starts you have until the end of the year i legitimately i legitimately have like not listening to it because i haven't listened like listened to these books or read these books in so long so like listening to them like i it i I think about like cat's reactions and stuff um and so it makes me i'm just curious so like i i want to know Okay. Well, that could be Patreon content. Oh, 100%. Dirty. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. What did you all think about this when I was, like, recovering and not having anything to do? That would have been nice. Because I wasn't re-listening to the books. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Could have used something to take my mind off my mind. Anyway, the dead of time. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. <sighs> Maya's eyes opened to the light of the morning. The warmth of the body next to her was comforting, and she snuggled into the sweet embrace. She breathed in parchment, grass, and fire whiskey. Without looking up at him, she placed a kiss on the hollow of Sirius's stubbly throat, smiling when she felt him nuzzle into her hair. Did it work? she whispered. Yes. Either that or Remus has decided that skinny dipping in the river is his dying wish. He chuckled, and she laughed softly, wrapping her arms tightly around him. Suddenly, the previous night came back in flashes, and Maya swallowed hard. A delicious ache had settled between her thighs, acting as a quiet, or sorry, a quick reminder of their activities. She blushed in response. Unfortunately, the potential consequences of said activities began listing in her head in alphabetical order. Anger, brawling, contention, disputes. By the time she'd reached pregnancy and remembered that Ceres had cast a contraceptive charm on her before they had gone into Remus's room, she'd driven herself to what she was certain were three separate panic attacks. Wait, what? She's concerned that they're going to all freak out. And also, she's not going to get pregnant because Ceres dropped the uh, birth control spell on her before they went in. 
Okay, because I was a little bit confused because you're like, by the time she reads prayer, I'm like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, they're good because Sirius had uh, the backup method. She she was going through the list of consequences of the threesome. Yes. Which included uh, pregnancy. Yes. Okay. But also did not because she'd forgotten and then remembered about the pill or the spell, whatever you want to call it. Charm? No. The charm. Hopefully she doesn't have that problem where she has two uteruses so she could be carrying each one of them babies in the same bed. <laughs> uh, Grey's Anatomy. Great episode. Forgot <sighs> Stop worrying, love. Maya looked up into the endless silver-gray depths. I can hear your brain working itself into a frenzy. Sounds like the lift at the ministry. She wanted to pinch him for his comment, but worry was sinking into the pit of her stomach like a rock. She brought her hand up to gently touch his cheek. Smiling softly, she rubbed her thumb against the bit of early morning stubble there. Are we all right? Sirius leant down and kissed her warmly. We're a perfect kitten. Are you sure? Maya asked nervously. I, I don't want you to think that last night was anything but... It was magic. Maya couldn't help but agree. Having slept with both wizards in the past, she thought she had known what she was getting into when she suggested sealing the pack bond. As much as her body was now reminding her of their activities, she remained focused on the magic of it all, the feel of the pack bond solidifying around them, the way the wound in her shoulder didn't hurt but tingled and made her feel connected. The silver string she had seen so often during meditative states was now palpable inside her consciousness, and she could follow it easily. But it was more than just a ritual to save Remus, Sirius continued. I know that. No, it was... Maya tried to argue, not wanting Sirius to think that she had lingering amorous feelings for her best friend. It was goodbye. Maya's eyes widened. What? The two of you needed closure, one final moment, and I think I needed to see it. Sirius admitted with a slight frown, as though he were embarrassed. See for myself that the connection between the two of you and... And understand that what you and I have is stronger. I know I'm not good with words unless I'm using them to make people angry, or, frankly, to get you off. He chuckled as she flushed pink. Which, for the record, is incredibly easy. She narrowed her eyes. Serious. Alright, I have to go check on him. I'll be right back. Anyway, the dead of time... Um, I am now here and wearing my child, so if you hear tiny breathing in the background, I hope it doesn't pull you out of the story too much, but, um, here's hoping that he falls asleep. He's looking awfully tired. So we will, we'll give this the, uh, good old college try. I guess the good old podcast try. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah. So let's try this again. Anyway. The dead of time. Sirius is saying that he's only good with words to piss people off and get her off. She narrowed her eyes. Sirius. I know I've only said it casually and never with the intention you deserve. He took a slow and deep breath and then stared into her eyes. But I love you. Maya audibly gasped at the announcement. Staring into his eyes, she could see the vulnerability and the openness that Sirius had never been known to display. A part of her briefly understood how he could be terrible at occlumency. When his walls broke, they shattered, and she knew there would be no resistance whatsoever if she attempted legitimacy on him right then, but she would never do such a thing, especially not in that moment. It's bloody terrifying, 
and painful, Sirius said, putting a hand over his bare skin where her name was visibly inked into him over his heart. A drunken joke turned permanent romantic gesture. If she hadn't known him better, she would have thought that he had planned it out all along. And most days, when I look at you, I feel like my chest will cave in on me, unless I say something, but I still usually choose not to say anything. Why? she asked with a frown, tracing the edges of his lips with her finger, smiling softly when he paused to kiss the tip. Stubborn pride, Sirius suggested. I love you too, Sirius. More than Remus? he inquired, in a light teasing tone. Pratt, Maya rolled her eyes, slapping his chest. That only prompted him to grasp her hands and flip her onto her back. He grinned down as he positioned himself above her, slender wrists caught in his much larger hands, and that typical smug smirk on his face that was silent praise to himself for catching his prize. So, last night was a thing of poetry? He leant down to place open-mouthed kisses along her collarbone. Isn't that how sex with Remus is supposed to be? I have to admit, I'm feeling a little let down. I wasn't romanced in the slightest. Maya blushed a bit at the memory of Remus and Sirius surrounding her body, inside of her body, pressing her tightly between them. She recalled years earlier in the basement of Grimwald Place when she had first seen Sirius's pack mark. He had shown her, Harry, and Ron while they all argued with Remus over the fact that only a fully transformed werewolf could pass a pass along lycanthropy. You want proof? Mooney, if saliva, semen, or blood transferred your furry little problem to others without a full moon, then I'd have a furry little problem of my own. Oh, um, <clears throat> blood, he clarified, when everyone gaped at him. Fifth year, we, we did a whole... And then after Hogwarts, it was... It, it was like a blood brothers thing, like muggles do. N not with semen, you know. Nothing with that. Fucking liar, Maya thought smugly. Oh, sorry. Shh, 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 shh. Fucking liar, Maya thought smugly. I think... Oh, God bless you. I think last night was a little more rock and roll than poetry. Sirius grinned. I'm good at that. Can't quote Lord B Brian to save my life. Lord Byron, Maya corrected him. See, I'm rubbish. He smiled and pulled a few fallen leaves from the tangles of her hair. But give me some good lyrics, and I could make your skin sing if I wanted to. She raised a delicate eyebrow. Is that so, Mr. Black? He narrowed his eyes. You doubt me, Miss Potter? I challenge you, she said with a defiant grin. Make my skin sing. Suddenly, Sirius was hovering over her body. His pale frame was glowing with empyrean light of the... With the, yes, Empyrean? I've never seen that word before, Shia. We're going to go with Empyrean. Empyrean. Empyrean? It has pyre, like P-Y-R, so I'm assuming it has something to do with fire. So, Empyrean. Empyrean. Hold on. Do a Google. Okay. I'm going to keep reading. You Google. Light of the sunrise behind him. His ebony hair, a stark contrast to the surrounding illumination and the very color of his skin, tainted by ink as black as his locks and a variety of pink and silver scars. He no longer looked at the blemishes on her body caused by dark magic, unfortunate distractions, and miscalculated apparitions with horror and guilt in his eyes. 
Now, especially with identical werewolf bite marks on their shoulders, he matched her more perfectly than ever. Pause. It's Empyrean. You said it right Empyrean. the first time. Um, relating to heaven or sky. Uh, so skylight. Ah, cute. Night visions of fantasies are laying in bed with me. Sirius sang quietly to her, his voice husky to the point where she could feel the vibrations in the air and on the breath that brushed against her ear and down the side of her neck. In dark, I could see you smiling. Her mind drew a blank the variety of poems, proverbs, and quotes in her head that described how he made her feel. It took her less than a minute to remember that his love was not delicate poetry. It was lyrical, calloused, and unyielding. You touch my body and set my soul on fire. Maya could feel his mouth hovering just beneath her ear, not kissing despite how badly she wanted him to, and his hands drift south ever so slowly, as though he meant to set her skin aflame the way he proclaimed that she ignited his very soul. I can see morning light, and the sun is rising, shining in your eyes. And then he kissed her finally kissed her, and somehow everything was different in that one kiss. They had shared a thousand by that point, from that first and second kiss in the caved-in passage on the fourth floor, leading up from Hogsmeade to his bedroom at Potter Manor, the fifth-floor corridor of Hogwarts, to the copper... God, both of them are fucking yawning now. Got a baby and a dog going. This is rough. Sorry, y'all. The fifth-floor corridor of Hogwarts to the copper cloth at bathtub they shared at their flat. But this one, this one was different. The golden string of their soul bond, which was normally a light whenever they touched, was vibrating, tugging, pulling on her from somewhere deep inside. But it was no longer the musical equivalent of a fiddle with some invisible force, most likely fate, plucking at the string to elicit sound. Rather, someone had gently but purposefully taken a bow and was sliding it across the string... Get it out. Okay. James, you're ruining my dirtiness. <laughs> I am horrified that my child is involved in this. Hey, we could be reading AO3. It could be worse. Oh, man. Although well, it's not actually dirtier yet. It's exactly the same as of right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll have Jimmy home for that so he can hold the child and I don't have to traumatize myself and my child. Um... That's a weird sentence for me to hear you say, by the way. What, right? my child? Yeah, that, that's really weird. Like, I haven't gotten used to this yet. This oh, is me weird. Neither. Oh, me neither. But let me tell you what, man. When Jimmy holds him and goes, Hey, I'm your dad. I fucking start crying every goddamn time. <laughs> what, is he a Disney movie? Dude. It, and he does it all the time. He's just like, hey, bud, I'm your dad. And I'm like, <laughs> And then he points me out, and he's like, that's your mama. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop. It's terrible. There's a lot of crying involved with babies, and it's not all the babies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. Rather, someone had gently but purposefully taken a bow and was sliding it across the string like a properly wielded violin and played, tuning to sound the variety of shades of gray in Sirius's eyes, the exact scent of grass, parchment, and leather she smelled when she breathed him in. Somehow, in the back of that song in her soul, she could taste the lingering burn of a well-aged fire whiskey. Suddenly you're gone, and I'm left here all alone. 
Somehow, her heart was so full that she had almost forgotten where his hands had traveled. Instead of someone playing the golden string of their soul bond, he was playing her like a Stradivarius, performing Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake while simultaneously whispering punk rock lyrics in her ear from an all-girl band at that. She writhed. He chuckled. She whimpered. He groaned. I know you're here. I can feel your presence. He kissed a trail along her jawline to her ear. And that sound you're making, it's getting me so hot. Her nerves lit on fire, her body throbbing and aching and still responding with eagerness to his touch. Every thrust looked to be her complete undoing and every withdrawal left her nearly in tears. Am I dreaming? Were you really here? Music was not needed for his lyrics, though she wondered if the beat of the song was harder, rougher than the rhythm with which he was currently using. Somehow, Sirius found just the right line between soft and hard, and he was perfecting it. Is it just a fantasy, or am I dreaming? She was pulled suddenly from the ground into his arms as he sat back on his calves, her legs wrapped around his waist, chest pressed against chest with leaves scattering in their hair. She imagined that they looked like woodland nymphs, or maybe just her. She was the wood nymph Echo, and he was her Narcissus. And only instead of sorrow and heartache, they had changed the story and cursed the gods, and suddenly she understood. This was what they had always meant to be. Knowing, willing, loving. Requirements for the soul bond were so specific, and they had never both been completely on the same page until now. When she was still Hermione, only Sirius had fulfilled his end. When, except, uh, when she came back to the past, it was only her that was aware and accepting of the bond. Finally, given a choice... They chose one another, and soul bond was merely a label that defined this feeling, this moment. In the aftermath, she could hear nothing but the sound of his breath, the beat of his heart, and the rushing of the river in the distance. I love you, witch, Sirius said, in between catching his breath. Maya smirked and kissed his temple. I love you, mutt. So, is this what I've got to look forward to? Postcoital bliss interrupted. Maya looked over Sirius's shoulder and laughed into the crook of his neck at the sight of Remus, staring at them with a raised brow, freshly bathed from the river and looking amused at the position in which he had caught them. The two of you unashamedly going at it in broad daylight. To be fair, Mooney, Sirius replied, as he pulled away from Maya, but just enough to still cover her nakedness, not that it was needed. It's nothing you haven't already seen. Are the two of you all right, then? Remus asked, averting his gaze as best he could while the other two did the same, considering they had apparated into the orchard with no clothing save for Maya's now torn robes. We're great, Remus. Thank you, Maya said honestly, and leaned in to kiss Sirius as though sealing her words with a promise. No, thank you, love, Remus said, his eyes meeting hers, filled with nothing but gratitude. His gaze lingered over the wound on her shoulder, and there was only a brief moment of what looked like regret. Does it hurt? I I'm sorry, you'll, you'll have to let it heal naturally. Maya waved him off. I don't mind. Others might. If they see it, they won't understand. I don't need them to. I wear this mark proudly, Remus. Sirius smiled, angling his head to look at his own scar. I like mine as well. And I didn't even have to get bit. Maya rolled her eyes. 
It's a reminder that what happened was a ritual, a magical binding, something powerful and sacred. These scars are a reminder of how loved by us you are. No, thank you, Sirius, Sirius sarcastically interrupted her revered thoughts. You're such a wonderful lover and so very generous when it comes to sharing your witch. What? You saved your best friend's life. How noble and handsome you are. The songs people sing about your legend will be legendary. Maya laughed, shoving at his chest. Ugh, get dressed. We need to inform everyone that Remus isn't dying. Dressed with what, kitten? Sirius looked around and smirked when he caught the look in Maya's eyes as she realized just exactly how naked the three of them were. And, in broad daylight, as Remus so kindly had pointed out moments earlier. Quickly rediscovering her inhibitions, she squeaked before trying to cover her exposed bits, causing both wizards to laugh at the unnecessary display. Remus, tear up my robes, Maya gestured to the black pile of fabric at the foot of a tree nearby tree. I'll transfigure something for each of us, I suppose. Minutes later, the trio made their way to the manor. Sirius wrapped around Maya. She was draped in a transfigured bit of black cloth that looked like a looked like the leather skirt she had worn to the Black Sabbath concert a year earlier, her top resembling one of Mary's bikinis. Remus and Sirius each wore a set of loose black and green pants, but there had been not enough fabric to create shirts, so the wizards remained bare-chested. "'Do you think Lily and Jamie are awake yet?' Maya asked. Before either of them could reply, they came face to face with an annoyed-looking Lily and James, who looked quite a bit less irritable than any of them imagined he would, after waking to discover that his sister, best friend, and dying mate were all gone from the manor. "'Oh, I think it's a distinct possibility.' Lily answered Maya's question, arms folded angrily over her chest. "'Why are you three naked?' James questioned warily. <laughs> Maya shrugged. "'These are technically clothes.' Groaning uncomfortably, James rubbed his palms against his eyes. "'Oh, Merlin!' "'Remus, are you... you're all right?' Lily asked, her green eyes alight with hope, sparkling like emeralds in the light of, a risen, of the risen sun. Remus grinned at her. Never been better, Lils. Thank God, she said, breathing a sigh of relief. She rushed forward, hugging him tightly. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. We were all so worried. James focused intently on his bare feet. Remus frowned as Lily pulled away, tears in her eyes. I'm sorry. It's not your fault, but... Now that you're better, I suppose seeing you healthy and the three of you looking, well, like you do, that explains a lot. Explains what, exactly? Sirius asked, as Lily returned to James's side, looking annoyed once again. This, she said, and tugged on James's shirt, bearing his left shoulder, now blemished with the silvery pink scar of what looked like a healed wound, bite wound. Maya's eyes widened at the sight, and she instantly felt her face flush. She and James avoided eye contact with one another. Somehow, in the worry of figuring out how to save Remus's life as quickly as possible, Maya and Sirius had forgotten that their original pack had consisted of not three, but four members, and when properly sealed, they were all connected, not just those present for the actual sealing ritual. Sirius's smug face was not helping the awkward tension coming off of James and Maya in the slightest, nor was his excited declaration of, Hey, look, Prongsy, we match, as he gestured to his own pack mark with delight. Ta-da!
Well, good one back for the first time. <laughs> I totally thought you froze for a second. I was like, what just happened? But you're good. No, we're good. We're good. We got through the episode. First one with a little one. Uh, and first one recording with a little one on my chest and a dog in the room and a fly in the goddamn window. <laughs> it's been buzzing and driving me nuts this entire episode. But... We're back! We did it! We survived. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Goodness. <sighs> so, we're back. Remus is better. James knows what they did. Sirius and Maya are good, and we are off to a great start for season six. Six. I know, that's insane. We're also only about six-ish weeks shy of our two-year anniversary. Mind blown. I know, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Also, I survived and got through it without falling asleep. Yay! Oh my god, I'm so tired. Anyway. See? I have a tired episode, you have a tired episode. It's all good. Although I think the latest episode that aired, because today is July 3rd, so the one that came out yesterday, I think both of us were super high-caffed, and poor Hannah Beth was the one that was feeling rough, so we yeah. have episodes. sounded insane. Also, in my defense of this past week's episode, I was 24 hours out for my second COVID dose, which I think that I cut that particular part out because it was buried deep within a tangent that did not was, like, not worth anything. It was around, like, equipment or something, like, totally innocuous. Uh, but, yeah, I was not here for it. And y'all were like, hi, it's going on. That's fine. Sugar. <sighs> <laughs> Dude, I, so I, I was ready. I was going to be prepared for this episode. I Uber eats Starbucks now that I can have caffeine again. And I ordered a Frappuccino and a latte. I only got the Frappuccino. <gasps> Rude. I mean, I got reimbursed, but I was Those like, bitches. I needed that second coffee, you sons of guns. But anyway. Anyway. <sighs> but yeah, we did it. We made it through. Yes. I didn't die. My child let me record for the most part, and it's also extremely hot against my chest. But. What's super important right now is that we thank our patrons. We'd like to thank our dogs, stags, and wolves. This is the most we've ever had in one month. So we'd like to thank Aaron, Sarah, April, Kristen, Danny, Kelly, Budkama, Tabrizia, Lingo, Marcia, Nisa, Travis, Amanda, Angie, Bethany, Emma, Zoe, Elizabeth, Liz, Rachel, and Amber. Our August foxes are... Tyler, Jade, Tori, Miriam, Sierra, Camille, Stacy, Carolyn, Leanne, Sandra, Martina, Lynn, Shannon, Claire, Jackie, Kenny, Amber, Sarah, Sarah, Kara, Cara, Chelsea, Jenny Floor, Amanda, Carissa, Matthias Potter, yes, really, Rachel, Olivia, April, Kaylin, Audrey, Amara, Sarah, Melissa, Ryder, Darian, Maria, Cassie, Laura, Crystal, Tori, Hannah, Natasha, Shauna, Misha, Rebecca, Chris, Samantha, Jillian, Ash, 
Dan, Nina, Katie Cat, Becky, Sylvia, Catherine, Montana, Amanda, Paige, Ryland, Michelle, Frau Holly, and Tanya. And once again, thank you to all of our foxes, dogs, stags, and wolves. We are happy to have you join us for this August month. Month of August. We are happy to have you. Oh, God. I know. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. But that being said, we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Whoppa! Oh, God, I've jostled the baby. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.